Hello, and welcome back to Over the Next Hill Fitness Podcast. I'm Carla Coffey, your host and coach for today's podcast. If you need a running or other fitness coach, feel free to look me up on Carla at coffeecrewcoaching.com is my email, or just go to the website coffeecrewcoaching.com. This week, we are talking with Christine Benedict. She's the executive director of Girls on the Run of South Central Wisconsin. Welcome to the show, Christine. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Carla. Absolutely. So let's dig into Girls on the Run. What is Girls on the Run? Yes, Girls on the Run is an after-school empowerment program that helps third through eighth grade girls, although our primary Girls on the Run programming serves girls in grades three through five, um, and it helps them build confidence, character, compassion, all kinds of life skills. Um, and while they're learning all these fantastic life skills, they're also training, playing, moving their bodies, and getting prepared to run a 5K at the end of their season. So we are a confidence-building program that uses running to teach all these great life skills. Oh, wow. That's really incredible. So they're training for a 5K. How long of a um, season is this? Yeah, it's a great question. So the kids meet on small teams, typically of about 15 uh, to 20 kids with three to five coaches or so, and their season runs about nine weeks, um, and they can, depending on um, their school and if their school offers programming in both the fall and spring season, they can do it up to six times between third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, kids, So they can repeat, but typically the single season is just nine weeks, and the kids meet twice a week after school on those small teams uh, for 90 minutes per practice. And typically at those 90-minute practices, about half of the time is spent doing some of that skill building, so talking about their feelings, their emotions, their that life skill building, and the other half is spent moving. Not quite in, you know, big blocks like that, but um, it's about 45 minutes of those 90 minutes that they spend um, trying to be pretty active. Oh, wow. Interesting. So now on those teams, they have an adult apparently with them that does the teaching, I'm assuming is what we're calling it. Um, Where do those people come from? Yeah. So these incredible coaches who give their time to our program, um, for the most part, are volunteers. Um, so this season in South Central Wisconsin, we're serving uh, about uh, 1,150 kids or so on about 80 different teams throughout nine counties in Southern Wisconsin. And that requires about 320 uh, incredible folks to deliver this programming. Um, and those remarkable folks come from typically could they kind of identify in one of three ways. Um, they're either teachers or educators in the building where the programming is taking place. Um, they may be parents, guardians, family members, somehow connected to a kiddo on the team. Um, or they might be uh, what we call community volunteers who have no connection to a team or a participant and just want to share their star power uh, with our program. That's what we call it in Girls on the Rest. That's really awesome. So these volunteers, do they make up the curriculum? They just come up with stuff that say, well, this is my life experience. Let me, you know, give this to these that girls. Is, oh, that is such a good question. Yeah, because there are so many um, 
kind of mentoring programs or uh, um, youth development programs where those volunteers do have to come up with lessons or activities or things to keep kids busy, not with Girls on the Run. One of the cool things about the program is that we use a research-based curriculum. Um, It's been built out over a number of years. The program was founded back in 1996. That curriculum has been modified a couple times since then. Um, But these curricular experiences have been crafted by psychologists, PhDs, folks who know that the the way we're building the lessons, the way the the lessons build on themselves over the course of the whole season is really effective. So essentially, all all of the 90-minute lessons are almost entirely scripted for the coaches. So while those coaches do bring their own energy and star power and creativity to the kids, um, they don't actually have to come up with anything themselves. Um, they can just sort of show up at the lessons. We will have everything prepared for them, again, in terms of what to say at practice, but also any supply they might need, um, the markers, the materials, every the cones, any those first aid kits, you know, any last thing that might be needed to run the, the program smoothly is going to be provided to those volunteers. Wow. And this year you said there's over 1,100 children? Yes, yes. That's amazing. This season, it is amazing. It's our largest season ever. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, is this program only held in Wisconsin, or is it is, international? We, it is a. It is. An international program, technically, because we are back in Canada. We are back in Montreal. <laughs> um, but uh, we are uh, really, it's a national program for the most part. Um, and we are in all 50 states. Uh, we There are about 200 councils like ours, but in really varying stages of size and maturity. So the program, um, which just celebrated its 25th birthday nationally, is really still growing. There are still councils and counties um, that are in development. We're a pretty established council here in South Central Wisconsin. We've been around since 2005. We have a five, soon to be six person staff that helps bring the program to the nine county region. Um, But that is not the case for every council. So some are managed by much smaller staff, some are managed by volunteers, um, and are in varying stages of development. In Wisconsin, so we serve almost the entire south and southwest part of the state, except for southeastern Wisconsin. Milwaukee has its own council. Um, We've got another awesome set of folks running the program up in northeastern Wisconsin based out of Appleton and Green Bay. Um, And then we have some smaller councils that are still largely volunteer-based up in the Northwoods and over in the Chippewa-Eau Claire area. So there are still parts of the state of Wisconsin that aren't fully served, um, but of course that's everyone's goal at some point is to feel like there's access to the program throughout the country. Wow, that is so amazing. So then just the five of you have handled the 1,100 girls. That's right, yes. You did everything for all nine counties. You said it was nine counties. The five of you organized. That is just amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty proud of it. Yeah. It, it is. It's really the, the it's the 80 different team sites. It's the big celebratory 5K event. Uh, um, you know, we'll, so we'll be hosting a big 5K here or have just hosted it, depending on when this podcast drops. Um, we'll have just hosted this large scale 5K run for about 
3,000 people, um, you know, and, and that alone uh, is uh, is a big undertaking. So, yes, we're a small but mighty team, also trying to raise some funds to help make sure that we can um, give access to the program at, at high-need schools and, and places where um, there might be more financial need. Okay, wow. That's, that's just so incredible. So this 5K that you have, um, so for those of you listening, we are recording just a few weeks before their spring, or I guess it's summer, um, 5K. Um, but by the time you hear this, it will have been done. Um, so for this 5K, are all 1,100 of these girls meeting in one spot for this 5K? They are. They They are. are. We call it just an epic celebration of girl power. Uh, So all these teams that have been operating kind of as if they're the only ones doing Girls on the Run. I love seeing um, the thrill of their faces when they realize you know, their little team of 15 aren't the, they're not the only ones experiencing this program. And then their eyes get really wide thinking like, we're all going to be together. <laughs> um, and so it is, it's a, it's a pretty wild morning. Um, we are grateful that most of the kids come to the event with a running buddy, somebody who has offered to be an encourager on the course, uh, could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be a neighbor or family member or friend, um, um, so they've got somebody who is willing to go the the kids' pace. We call it their their happy pace, um, and within all paces are encouraged. <laughs> um, and so we will have a, a busy course between our incredible volunteer coaches that are out there, plus all the kids, plus their running buddies, plus we have community runners. Um, all Girls on the Run 5Ks are open to the public and also our major fundraiser for us. And so folks who um, maybe want to be reminded why they love running, I always recommend the Girls on the Run 5K because that joy of crossing the finish line, that sort of unbridled, sheer, like, uh, pride in what you've accomplished I feel like sometimes is lost at the big events full of adults for sure (laughs) Um, but seeing those kids you can't help but be excited yeah wow yeah that must just be incredible um for the kids but also for the volunteers that have helped them get that far exactly exactly um I think it's those smiles make it all worth while the the running pieces you know it, so we're uh you know a confidence building program that is using running to teach these life skills and i usually say i've been you know i've been around the program a long time it feels to me like if i were to do percentage breakdown about 40 percent of the kids like love the running and really aren't as excited about the discussions and the emotions and that what they would might call the touchy feely parts. And you've got about 40% that love the discussion and the touchy feely part and, you know, the running, mm, they might, <laughs> they might be moving along a little more slowly. Then there's about 20% that like can't get enough of any of it. They love it all. Like they want the running, they want the discussion. They can't move on. They get so excited about what they're doing. But I mean, there's a little something for everyone, um, which is what, nice about it so sometimes those runs there's a lot of cajoling there's a lot of (laughs) negotiating um but it those finish line smiles I think that's all forgotten and that's kind of the point of the 5k is it's that it's teaching that life skill about how to set a goal how to work towards it and then how to like take it on and see it through to the finish and so 
you know, you're not always going to have your best day on 5K day. That is true in any training scenario. Um, but if you can get yourself across that finish line, there's a lot to be proud of. And you can look back and think about all the work you did to get there. And so it's that's that's really the takeaway. That's the, that's the big life lesson in that 5K. It's not about a finished time. It's about getting across the line. Sure. Yep. The finished product. So uh, for a lot of these kids, then, especially the percentage that don't necessarily like the running, are likely going home from school on the other days and just sitting on the couch. So this might be just the only activity that they might get. So, And it's structured as well as um, safe. So that's got to be really huge for the community. It is. It is. Again, we're so grateful for the national support of the program. A longitudinal study was done back in 2016 by some researchers at the University of Minnesota who identified that um, kids who were the least active at the start of the season increased their physical activity rates by 40% and sustained those for weeks well after the program. Um, so, and for kids who participate in the program more than once, they sustain those increased activity levels again, far longer than that. So the, the more often they participate in girls in the run, the longer, um, their activity levels are elevated. So yes, no, we know it is effective. Wow. Those kids find joy in movement because it's movement for movement's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they don't get a lot of exposure to that in other places and spaces. At this age, eight, nine, and ten, a, a lot of movement starts to become really performance based. Even in school, they're they're learning about games and sports where there's winning or tactics or um, you know a, a focus on. It, performance for perfection. Um, and that's not what we're doing. And some kids are really into the performance and comparing their performance over time. They want to see that they are, they can run further in less time. And we, we absolutely encourage that. They can absolutely try to work towards improved performance when they're comparing against themselves. It's just that we don't encourage performance compared to anyone else. It's about that just, Um, what we call a mastery climate versus that performance climate. And so I think we do see kids being inspired to move um, and be active um, outside of Girls on the Run because they're discovering in the program that they really like how it feels um, when they move their bodies. Wow, that's so great. Now, how long have you been involved with Girls on the Run? So I got involved in Girls on the Run back in 2007 um, as a board member. Uh, I... um, have been a lifelong runner, started when um, I was in the sixth grade and, and ran through college. Um, uh, the Division Three uh, ran cross country and track um, and had been running my whole life when a, a friend uh, reached out they, indicating that this organization was seeking board members. And I was at a place in my career where I could take on that kind of volunteer role. And so joined the board, but almost immediately then wanted to get closer to the action, wanted to get closer to the program. So I started coaching in 2008 um, and coached for 10 years while I had a whole other career um, in higher education. So I was just one of those community volunteers that coached at a few sites uh, in the area and then um, made a career change in 2019 to step into the executive director role. So now I've been with the organization professionally uh, for four years. Wow. So as a volunteer, you coached for 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in that time, 
have any of the girls that you coached come back and become volunteer coaches? They have. They have. They have. So it made a huge impact on them. It, it's pretty incredible. Wow. Yes. That just so made my heart skip a little beat. I know. I know. We've been around sort of just long enough um, where those kids are. They're old enough now to be giving back as volunteers. Um, I have a few that will be graduating from high school this year, a few who just graduated from college um, this month. Um, so, yeah, so it's exciting to see. Um, and then, yes, just a couple that are now giving back as coaches. But it's it's pretty exciting to see it coming full circle. Wow. And so did they have they expressed to you how much of a difference that Girls on the Run made in their lives? Oh, Carla, it's it's pretty incredible. Yes. So one of the things that we're really fortunate um, to be able to do is that we are now um, able to offer two college scholarships to past Girls in the Run participants. And so every year um, we solicit applications. This past year we had about 55 applications, um, which represents about 10% of the kids who participated, you know, like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. So, which I feel like is a bit of a win, you know, just being able to track down email addresses and contacts for for kids. So 55 kids have shared, like just this year, we have a few years worth of applications to look back to, um, telling these incredible stories of the impact the program had, again, eight, nine, or 10 years earlier. Um, And the lessons they remember, the friendships they made, um, the activity levels that it inspired. um, I feel it is so rewarding um, to get to read those applications and see what kind of impact um, is so lasting with the program. Wow. So for all of you listening, feel free to wipe your tears now. Like me. Oh my goodness. That just touches your heart to know that. Cause sometimes you don't know if a program really is helping or impacting. So to hear that story, that's incredible. And then for the ones that are actually coming back to help coach, that's amazing. That what It a- is. That just must warm your heart, too. It does. And I'm coaching for the first time in a few seasons this season. And I feel really fortunate. It just happens to be sort of a happy accident. I'm coaching a a kiddo whose parents I know from other connections. And I just got a text yesterday saying, you know, it's a a kiddo who I've connected with a few different times on the team. And, you know, we do have a um, sort of good camaraderie. And yet I wouldn't, you know, I was not expecting this message. And I got this very sweet note from a parent yesterday just saying, you know, how much they appreciate the connections that I've made with their with their daughter and just that she was so proud of herself. We just did a big run um, at our at the practice we just held where they're sort of testing out their endurance for the full 5K distance. And so there was a lot of encouragement going on and a lot of celebrating. And um, yeah, even to get those messages, you, you wouldn't necessarily see that on a tired kid's face at the end of their school day (laughs) or know what an impact it was having. But to have someone you know be able to reach out and say hours later at dinner, this kid was still beaming, still talking about it, still um, appreciating you. And, you know, it's it it does. It just feels so good. Yeah, for sure. So for those of you listening, um, I've known Christine now for probably six months, maybe. We've emailed back and forth um, prior, but I'm volunteering uh, as a coach. I volunteered to do other things before, like put packets together, but I am volunteering this season. And 
I can testify that yesterday at that 5K, them smiles were just priceless when they would break that tape. Just, oh, and, you know, I asked a couple of them, did you realize how strong you really are to finish that distance? And they're like, I know. They're, they're eyes, you know. So that, that I'm so excited to be a part of that and um, to hear other stories from you because it's like we get to just sit around and chat all the time. But, yeah, so for those of you listening, I know that you want to know what else you can do to get involved um, because they don't have to only coach, right? There are other things that people can volunteer to do. That's right. There's so We have so many <laughs> needs. There are so many different ways to get involved if you like what you're hearing. <laughs> um, yeah, so many different ways. And now, oh, Carla, I'm so glad you shared that. I mean, that gives me all the goosebumps and the teary eyes yeah. just thinking, again, it is, you make such an impact. I, I am, I'm a bit biased, of course. I think the coaching role um, delivers such high impact for a relatively low time commitment coaches Mm -hmm. can commit to even just one day a week for those 90 minute practices and I feel like and coaches can commit to just one season kind of test it out I feel like um you know for those nine or 18 lessons that you're committing to um you know you walk into a season where you don't know any of these kids by the end of those nine weeks you can have really developed some pretty special relationships and, and, you know, get to see a lot of progress in that time. And I think it's just such a high impact as opposed to say maybe a one-time volunteer opportunity where you're just, you're doing, um, more of that busy work, or even I, I also happen to serve as a big sister through big brothers, big sisters. That's a many year commitment. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're sort of investing this whole, I mean, this, this is different. you get that like sort of really high impact in terms of those relationships with the kids. Um, I think in a pretty short period of time, especially because the curriculum is designed to help you have really interesting conversations with these kids mm-hmm. all the time, discussing, fascinating scenarios, um, things that make you probably even think as an adult about your life and the way you manage your emotions or relationships or friendships. So yes, I'm a bit biased, but I do think that the coaching role is an incredible way to get involved. Um, but yes, as Carla mentioned, we also have opportunities here in South Central Wisconsin to come for just a single day and help us with what we have a need for that day. So we have some uh, supply prep sessions that get preset. Um, you know, having 1,100 kids and 320 coaches and running what it's like thousands of pieces of supplies that need to get organized for both the beginning of our season and our 5K. So we have opportunities if you, if you know how to count. Uh, that's <laughs> a really helpful skill. Um, we also, of course, have um, a need for volunteers on our 5K day. So um, if you can stand on a corner and point, we also have a role for you. <laughs> um, um, but we, you know, anyone who's been involved, maybe in 5Ks or in events, you know that those are run, they run so much more smoothly when you have a great volunteer team. So sure. having folks who can come out that day, even you get to see all the joy of that finish line and those smiles with none of the uh, work leading up to it. So that's always good. And of course, as I sort of alluded to, um, hundreds of our kids actually receive our programming for free based on their financial need levels. And so we also uh, fundraise to make sure that that program is accessible to them. So even if time isn't uh, an option in terms of a gift um, to the organization, we would also 
welcome donations that help support our operations. We're a, a 501c3 nonprofit. All of the, the funds raised go directly into the service um, to the program. And um, so uh, we accept donations too. Awesome. So yeah, the, I, I appreciate what you said about the length because I don't even remember. Feel it went by so fast. How many weeks have I been volunteering for the, um, the as a coach? What is seven? This is right our now. seven. And we've we have already been in seven, seven. weeks. And we have two to go. Mm-hmm. Feel, feels like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> for those, you know, honestly, um, except for the growth that we've seen some of the girls have. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So for those of you listening, um, these some of these girls come and they're very shy. And their parent has encouraged them to come or maybe a teacher, I guess, would get with a parent and say, hey, they need this program. And to watch these girls kind of come into their own at such a young age. And they're, it's amazing the transformation that, that they were so shy and really didn't have a friend. And now they glommed onto another girl that was probably kind of shy. And now they're besties and they, you can't separate them, you know. So, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And for 90 minutes. And it's always, you know, interesting to me that there's so many schools in the Madison area that have this, this ability to have a a girls on the run team. So wherever you are, just go drive by the local elementary school, stop in and say, Hey, do you have a girls on the run team? Because if they don't, they need to. And I'm sure there's a way that they can go to probably girlsontherun.com, right. And find a, or is it .org? It's .org. .org, yeah. So yeah. It is. And yeah. they can find it in their area. So girlsontherun.org would take you to the national site. Um, girlsontherunscwi.org gets you right uh, to our page locally. So that's south central Wisconsin. Um, and, yeah, you can always see then where our sites uh, are taking place for the upcoming season. We are right in 26 out of 29 uh, Madison Elementary Schools. So, yeah, uh, and, and hoping to add those last couple um, either this fall or coming spring. They are um, all engaged with us at some point and planning on it so wow yeah we feel really fortunate that's like what is that 97 percent or something that's amazing (laughs) all but three schools that's just that's amazing yeah um and as far as the other volunteering um if you're afraid to be a coach and you want to just go in and stuff binders, that's that's fairly easy to do as well. I've done that um, before I had time to be a coach because those would happen on the weekends. And now that I'm able to coach, I'm, I was glad I was able to fit that into my schedule. Um, and I'm un, I'm very sad that I'm not going to be able to make it for the 5K because I love cheering on runners. Um, I had so much fun at the practice. So for those of you you know, look online and see where the nearest race is going to be. Um, the, my, it'll be fall now because this isn't going to happen and drop until after the race. But look it up. Go in there and volunteer. And as Christine mentioned, um, if that none of those options are for you, pull out your wallet, give a little bit of money. Exactly. Doesn't have to be a thousand dollars, right? Can be a couple bucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Any, do- any dollar amount, um, yeah. yes, is a huge help and goes right to the program. We will be, we already know, we will be in Wanakee this fall on uh, November 4th uh, at the Wanakee Village Center. That's where our fall 5K will take place. Awesome. Saturday, November 4th in Wanakee. You heard it here first, folks. You gotta, That's right. you got to get involved. Uh, do you have any last 
things that we didn't cover about Girls on the Run that you just need these people to know? I think um, just the because of the name, I think there's this implication that there is like such a focus on running. Um, and I just like people to know too, that our program is accessible to kids, um, with all ability levels. So we are welcoming to kids with physical disabilities, with, um, social, emotional, or learning disabilities. So we provide our coaches, um, with adaptations or with resources to help it really feel like it's something that's for everyone. So, you know, we, we really try to talk about how we are so much more than a running program. Again, we're really that confidence building program that every girl needs access to. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, just some really concerning statistics coming out right now from the CDC right here in our Dane County Youth Assessment about the mental health and the state of adolescent girls. They're just not emerging from the pandemic uh, in the same ways that our boys are. Uh, They have much higher levels of loneliness, sadness, suicidal ideation, and it's, it's concerning. Um, and I believe that fully that it's programs like ours, it's uh, access to physical activity, um, that can help be a positive intervention to, to make a shift there. So just, and again, it's, it's for every kid. It's so that, that running name, I think can sometimes throw people off. Coaches don't need to be runners themselves. Really. We want people who are pro movement and are (laughs) are active and um, can walk. We have kids moving at all paces. We have kids who might use a wheelchair or might use an assistive device. Um, And so we need coaches who also reflect that rich diversity of our kids. Um, And so I just like to put in that extra plug all the time for even though the name kind of implies sort of a certain uh, ability expectation, um, but it's really, we're so much more than that. Oh, that's great. That is really good to know. Uh, One thing I would like to add to that as well is if you're considering having your daughter, granddaughter, some young person in your life to give them this information, but you're afraid they can't afford the program or shoes or clothing, that is also, depending on need, also included, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, Carla. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of the reasons I'm a little biased about the, the um, introduction of this kind of programming is that running is a pretty accessible sport on the whole, and yet um, a good pair of running shoes can be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if um, if that is a barrier um, for our highest need teams, we automatically provide shoes. Um, but for any other team, families, at least in our council, when they're registering their kiddo, they can just ask for a pair of shoes or a sports bra or whatever kind of tech clothes they might need to feel comfortable and safe in the program, we absolutely provide those. So that's also a real highlight is the day we get to deliver shoes. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, to the teams and um, getting to see those kids feel so fast in their brand new shoes. Hey, I feel fast in my brand new shoes too. Exactly. <laughs> Although I'm not. They feel so good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Christine. Uh, For those of you listening, um, please follow, share, and rate this podcast 
on whatever system you're listening to. It really makes a difference, um, especially if you rate it with five stars only, please. Thank you very much. And a nice comment doesn't hurt. You can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook. It's at Over the Next Hill Fitness Podcast or Coffee Crew Coaching, either of those. And check out the website. And if you need a coach for any of your activities, let me know. And uh, we'll be signing off until next time. Bye, Christine. Bye, Carla. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.